Merry Christmas. You're watching The Gaggle of Geeks Show, Santa's favorite show. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Please be advised, Gaggle of Geeks contains strong opinions that may contain language unsuitable for young children. Now here are your hosts, Patrick Beatty and Chas Campbell-Evans. Keep the change, you filthy animals. What is up, my Gaggle of Geeks? I hope uh, everybody loved that intro by Kat Nelson, who is doing these intros for really anybody who wants to Venmo or some money to do it. So if it's like a season's grading or something, I figure I might as well plug it. Your boy Chaz is here. How's it going, man? Man, it's going it's going well. It's Friday. I didn't tell you about that, did I? No, you didn't tell me about that I, at all. I, no. I hinted, but I didn't tell you exactly what that was. Were you surprised? I was. I'm like, I'm like, oh, he kind of downloaded a video, but then she mentioned gaggle of geeks. I'm like, oh, this is God actually right legit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest, that was like the most fun I've had for any intro that we've ever posted. Like no, when, when we're doing these podcasts, uh, I know for most people that are listening, we don't do a good job of describing what we're doing. So <laughs> when you start the podcast, you you have whatever thing is up on the screen. And then underneath, you have you and whoever else is a part of the podcast grayed out. But you can see what each other is doing still. And I was just bumping. Like, I was bumping like it was a Cardi B single. You know what I mean? Let's be glad that it's not a Cardi B single. <laughs> <laughs> it's better. It's yes. Christmas. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to tonight's episode. No, we're not talking about the movies in 1992 because we need some time to relook at the movies so that we could talk about them. You know what I mean? Because we're, because we're so young. We can't just have Wild. people. See, I can't say the young part. You can say that shit all you want, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be 30 next year. So fuck you a I, little. I, I, I don't know. I'm, am I young though? Because I had to get my own insurance, so now it's like. Oh, okay. So you, okay. Well, hmm. That's where the government doesn't really see you as very young. So I guess that does work. Yeah, that that's when but all your insurance compared to the people that we're bringing on, I suppose, is the difference. I don't know. I yeah. think we do. We make them feel young. Is that our fault? Like it might be us because we go. I don't remember this. I was five, <laughs> and then they have to be like. Ugh. I just finished high school or something like that, where it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I just don't want to insult our guests. That's all. I doubt they're insulted, but at the same time, like, it's not rub salt in it. Now, it's kind of fun, though, hearing like what they were doing at that time. And as we've seen, some of the guests actually remember like what happened, like mm -hmm. walking into the theater and remember, like remembering the posters and stuff. I think that's kind of like a fun, nostalgic road trip. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. I, and we're going to experience it not too far away from they are from where they're at. Like pretty soon they'll be like, did you see that hologram, dad? To you, Chaz. And you'll be like, I, mm, I don't know if I saw that hol hologram. Back in my day, we had 4K physical copies. <laughs> and they were like, I don't know what you're talking, dad. And then they walk away. I'm, I'm imagining like six kids. I don't know. How many kids do you plan to have, Chaz? Oh man, uh, uh, maybe maybe two, maybe two. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe two. Is it is it predicated on the first one not being a monster or? No, 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 no. It really, it really okay. just depends on what uh, me and the the, the partner uh, want, essentially. <laughs> Look at that! But that's you're already that's trained, man. We seen, need to find so. the lady. <laughs> you're already trained to be like yes to whatever. Well, before we get into the big news stories of the week, because honestly, that's what this episode is going to be about. We're going to talk about Mandalorian, the past two episodes, because it, we missed last episode talking about it. And they kind of go hand in hand when you think about it. And also, we're going to be talking about um, Elliot Page, the, the coming out of Elliot Page, which is fantastic, as well as, I don't know, a little story about maybe the end of modern day cinema. It's not a big deal. It's just a little, little thing. But before we do that, let's let's clean some house real quick because over the week, Patrick Betty Reviews did some giveaways, and we got to plug these giveaways because first we're going to announce the winners because we've been we've talked about this all week, and then um, I don't know if you have thoughts about these new releases that are coming from Paramount Pictures and and uh, the Lord of the Rings 4K release coming out. Which by the way, I watched those. Ooh, I have thoughts. Yes. So first, let's talk about. Uh, four newly remastered Eddie Murphy favorites coming to disc and digital. That's Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop, Trading Places, The Golden Child. They have arrived already December 1st. And this is all kind of in, in lieu of, well, in anticipation for coming to America. I don't know if you knew they were doing a sequel, Chaz. I did know that, yeah. And that's coming to Amazon. And I, I'm very excited for that. We have the 4Ks for both uh, Coming to America and um, Beverly Hills Cop. And then the other two are just Blu-ray releases. But for that, uh, we do have winners. Let's make sure I've got the right stuff for this. Let's do some drum roll. For that, it is uh, Ray T. Guy. Woohoo! Good job winning that shit. Um, all of we're, uh, what we're mainly going to do, if you don't see this podcast, we're going to reach out to you in private and do a direct message with... Uh, the codes and stuff so that you can take a look at them and go from there. The next up, we have uh, Popeye with Shelley Duvall and Robin Williams that's celebrating their 40th anniversary. Uh, this, honestly, did you you watch the cartoons, Popeye? Are you too young for that? I, I probably watched them back in the day. I don't remember. Oh my I'll God, be honest, dude. Those, that was my shit back in the day. I, I didn't know, know why. They, I didn't know they had a live feature, so uh, this is news to me. You know what he was? When when my parents didn't judge f quickly what they were showing me on screen, and it was terrifying, and they had to switch it to something else to get me to not like be freaked out, yeah. they would put on Popeye. Popeye would eat a can of spinach and just beat the crap out of people, do amazing... Exactly. I saw that movement. And um, Robin Williams' Popeye is pretty fantastic. Like Robin Williams is great in pretty pretty much every role he's in like he's kind of like uh, this might sound like a disservice but he's like Dwayne the Rock Johnson where anything that he's involved in he's only it's only enhanced because he's in it you know what i mean yeah 
So this is the Popeye Digital, and for that, uh, our winner for it is Mike X Ninja from Instagram. Congrats! Woo, Mike. Let's move to the next one. There's so many. We're not gonna do these all at the same time next time. Holy shit! All right, this one. So we talked about this, Chaz, because I, I wanted you to. I wanted you to honestly review it and and see what the difference was between the Godfather three and this new release, this new edit of Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather, uh, The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, which is debuting on Blu-ray and digital December 8th. Now, we, I, I learned something about you, Chaz. Do you care to expand this to our audience so that we know? Uh, I have yet to see The Godfather series, and I actually, I've owned them for probably a good while. Right here, I'm holding it. I just have yet to put it in my uh my my, my PS4 to watch. So my yep. god. <laughs> my god. I know all the references though. I'll put it that way. Well there you go. I mean as long as you know the references. Enough stuff. But you are gonna be watching them, right? Absolutely. Because we're gonna sir. we're we're gonna come back to you on this. We need to know what you think of the Godfather trilogy. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, I'll plan, plan on it this weekend, okay? Very nice. So the winner for this is, I'm not going to do a drum roll because it wastes time. Daniel N-G-Y-U-E-N. Not going to try to pronounce that. Good job, man. I've actually already reached out to you and given your digital, but since, again, we're doing, um, that one's not until the 8th. It's not going to be ready to be put out digitally yet to add the code. So on the 8th, he'll let me know if it worked or if it didn't. Next, actually, well, we'll save the big box for a little later. Next up is Top Gun on 4K. Chaz, volleyball scene in 4K? Come on. I haven't seen Top Gun. Oh, my God. Dude, here's the thing. This is a movie show. Yesterday, you posted this this thing about these mindfuck movies. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I've seen at least 90% of those. And there's, like, over, like, what, 99 of them on there? Mm -hmm. And... Now I feel like I have to retract those words because now we're talking about classics and yeah, I haven't seen two of how many you have. So <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, uh, yep. I know I, this is like the walk of shame. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the winner for uh top gun, which by the way, I guess I need to make sure this is, put out there so that nobody thinks that we cheated or anything it was put in an actual pinwheel like randomizer so you put the names in you press spin and then whatever it lands on it lands on so don't come after me with this for top gun we have cly you men from instagram uh i will get that code over to you then and for collateral on 4k have you seen collateral i actually i was about to watch that last night <laughs> Ooh, but haven't seen it no, I've seen it. I've seen it. Like you have seen months. it. Michael Mann's a good director, man. Your thoughts? I love it. I think Tom Cruise is great in it. Jamie Foxx is great in it. I, I, I personally like that movie a lot. <laughs> nice. Well, so will Ready Player One from Instagram, who has won the digital for that. Um, look out for that. Now for the big ticket items, people. Lord of the Rings in 4K. Now, this came out this week, and... I gotta say, I watched The Two Towers and Return of the King. The 4K print is fantastic. It looks beautiful. Um, the only thing, honestly, it looked so good to me 
that I felt my TV was becoming inferior to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was watching it. I was like, man, I bet this is a lot better in something else. Yeah. I don't know why. It doesn't enhance it. Like, it makes it awesome, but it also makes me want to spend money, which that's never a good thing. Uh, The winner for this is Jaredin Christiansen. Good job, man. You won the code for the Motion Picture Trilogy and the extended version. So it's going to be both for this. This is like a like a six movie deal in 4k holy shit pretty good deal if you ask me you know there's only there's only one true cut of lord of the rings and that's the extended so the snyder cut oh no see that that, ladies and gentlemen i got him you got got do do you think people were like release the jackson cut back back in like 2001 (laughs) no because i'm pretty sure they were like he did more (laughs) that was back in the day where people were like i don't know if we want more and it was mainly just the fans that were really like into the extended cut like the diehard fans i doubt a lot of people really know that there's extended cuts of lord of the rings like i would wager that a lot of main movie audiences don't comment below if you consider yourself an average moviegoer and did or did not know that there was an extended version of lord of the rings i'll be sad Mm -hmm. well yellowstone uh cable's most watched series of the year season three has come out on blu-ray and dvd and we have i mean it's got over four hours of bonus content we were given season three on blu-ray and the first three seasons in this box set now these are the the, i i'll be honest i i hesitated to put this out because i was like i kind of want this but i think it makes sense to give these away. And um, for that person, Lauren Springville, you get these both. We will either mail them to you or if you're living close, drop them off. Whatever works best for you. And that concludes all of that boring shit. We, we're so corporate now, man. What are we doing, man? All we're doing is shilling for the companies. Dude, no, that feels that feels very professional, you know. That feels no, it feels cool. professional, but maybe people are like, "God, this makes me hate. This makes me hate them." Oh, Jordan. Well, he doesn't hate us, but it's because he's got <laughs> sick fucking movies coming to him now. <laughs> is that the War of the Rings guy? Yeah. <laughs> now the question is, has he seen the extended cut? That's the real question here. Mm, that's a good question. If he's still in, he's going to have to let us know as we dip into our next little segment here, which is Mandalorian talk. And there's no other way to do Mandalorian talk without having it be spoilers, right? Especially right. these last two episodes. So what I'm going to do here, we've, we're changing the banner. So take a look at the top uh, left-hand side. Right for that me. That now says spoiler alert. Y'all... Yep. We're going to spoil some stuff. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. Hopefully from last week, it'll be okay. But if you haven't watched this night, uh, today's episode, stop, go watch it, and then come back. I do not care if you leave this to go watch that. Like That works That works for us. But, Chaz, we have the, the first episode with the uh, debut of Ahsoka Tano. It was beautiful. It was very beautiful. I think was, that was the most magical episode so far with Mandalorian. Yeah, it was probably the most moody episode. It was very moody, very moody and dark. 
it, you know what it felt like to me? If you were to take The Mandalorian, and it's kind of working out like this. The entire season is feeling like Empire Strikes Back if you were to look at it story beat by story beat. This is the moment where Luke goes to Dagobah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because in tonight's episode. Exactly. Um, That's they, where there's I'm thinking. a line that kind of makes you like, and oh. The, and the parallel and the poetry with okay 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 hold on <laughs> hold the hold the fuck on chess let's talk about this so ahsoka tano is taking care of um uh, some type of search mission she, she's trying to get the uh coordinates or the location of someone and uh as she's doing that mando shows up with baby yoda and he's ready to kind of perhaps hand him off to her have her be have her train her him in the force uh they meet up and uh i don't know you 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 go from here what do you think like what i think of the overall episode or like yeah yeah story story or beat we could go beat for beat um I, I don't remember like what happens beat for beat but jesus christ i know i know i know <laughs> but here's the thing here's the thing i thought what i thought her um introduction was very well done Mm-hmm. And it paid off in a way that was almost emotional too, because um, like for me, for example, I haven't seen the Clone Wars, um, the, the TV series, which a lot of people know her from. And I guess she makes appearances in the, the Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so me not being too familiar with her other than knowing that she was at one point Anakin Skywalker's um, part one, I, I thought like I was emotionally attached to her still somehow without knowing too much about her. Yeah. Um, and I thought she was a badass kind of rogue Jedi, and I I, I was impressed. Like I really liked that episode. <laughs> it was directed by Dave Filoni, who created Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, yeah. We were told that even on set for this episode, George Lucas was on watching Rosario Dawson bring this character to life, and I don't think it would have worked as well without her specifically being cast as Ahsoka Tano. She brought this maturity, uh, this lightheartedness, but also badassery at the same yeah. time. She was like Batman. She felt like Batman to me in a lot of ways where she was just like ninjaing through stuff. The way that she was using her lightsabers, which amazing. I don't know if you know the history of the white lightsaber, how that happen- how that comes to be. So a white lightsaber, just a little bit of Star Wars lore here real quick. Um, it kind of stems from how uh, Sith will take a kyber crystal and turn it into a red lightsaber do you know what right. happens with that yeah yeah that they have to bleed it so they've got yeah. they've got to put all their hatred all their whatever into it and that basically cracks a stone bleeds it whatever it does turns it red what white lit lightsabers are is essentially taking that red crystal and freeing it from all of that burden and all of that pain and stuff it turns it pure white that's very poetic. Doesn't that make it even cooler? Yes. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is why her lightsabers are white. I don't necessarily know why she chose that style or if that's explained in the Clone Wars cartoons. I, I'd love to know that. Um, but she, when she's brought in, she's brought in in one of the best ways possible. Like, it starts immediately. She shows up and it's just slashing through people. Yeah. H- hiding in the fog, hiding in the shadows of this very grimy-looking place. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, funny enough, as she dips back into the shadow and Mando shows up, um, he is tasked by them to go and kill Ahsoka Tano. They're offering this uh, Beskar staff 
that that he can use maybe later on because it turns out it can deflect lightsabers and go to uh, to take her out basically and he gets the the thing from there. The actress that plays that person that is commissioning him, Bruce Lee's heir or daughter, right? Wait, what? Yeah, that's Bruce Lee's daughter. What? I believe so. <laughs> Hold on. Like the Bruce Lee? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. It's got to be somewhere. I swear it exists. Well, that's not what came out of that keyboard. Hold on. Bruce Lee Mando. This is why we don't have the screen share stuff out. Let's see. Has a prizing blue blue connection. I don't think that was her, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, uh, let's see, the magistrate of the city of Caladan and on the planet Corvus. Not only connected to Ahsoka's past, but also to the legendary Bruce Lee. Morgan Elizabeth is her name. So take what? that. They really don't do a good job of... Okay. Diana Lee Inosanto is the daughter of well-known martial arts instructor Dan Inosanto and Sue Ann Reveal, and also known for being the godchild of Bruce Lee. Oh, God. Okay. There you go. That's pretty <laughs> uh, close. That's I'm like, close enough. Yeah. his daughter's name is Shannon Lee. I'm like, I, I, that does not look like the, the magistrate. <laughs> well, that's why they have her fighting in the end, because she's badass. And of course, they're going to bring in the, the Godchild, you know? Dude, I just do stuff. I just love that episode. Well, let's talk about when Mando does it. meet up with Ahsoka Tano. He, she immediately sees. Uh, little Grogu, which that turns out to be his name. Let's cut to him. There he is. Oh, little Grogu. Do you have sound clips of him saying Grogu? <laughs> All I got to do is make the noise. Here, say it. Grogu. He <laughs> <laughs> just talks. Dude, it's like he like looks up with his head tilted like, huh? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's exactly how you say a dog's name and the way that they look up at you. That's what it feels like to me. It's awesome. It's so cute. I love it. So good. So Sokotano sees this, uh, is having an actual communication with Grogu for the first time. We're seeing him reaching out to the force a little bit to have that communication. And it turns out we, ha we get a backstory for Grogu. Now he was from the before times. He was in the Jedi Temple when Anakin came in to take out people, but he was hidden away. That's I, crazy. He was being trained around the I, same time as Anakin Skywalker. I just want to say uh, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if we were talking on air or not, but I mentioned how, what if it's like dog years, you know, where like he might be 50, but like that's like older or whatever. Well, I have a theory of where maybe this, this all is going, but it's probably a dumb one and isn't going to be accurate. Oh, it's her. Wait, does it, does it tie into tonight's episode or no? Yeah, it'll tie into tonight's. I'm, I'm going to do it for kind of like a closing thing. Okay. But um, Ahsoka decides that she can't train him because there's too much fear in him and that he suppressed the Force. He's he's used that technique to try to survive, basically. And, and, um, oh, and, that, he's, oh, and that he's attached to um, the Mandalorian himself. Yeah, they proved that when he, they use the ball that he keeps taking off of the Razor Crest ship to use for whatever whatever he wants to do with that and um 
he tries to take it from Ahsoka Tano first. Well, actually, he doesn't try. Ahsoka Tano hands out the ball, and he doesn't go for it. And she decides to give it to Mando because there's a connection there. He immediately uses the Force, gets it, and um, super happy and stuff. But then Ahsoka Tano's like, nah, I can't deal with this. No, I'm not going to be the side character to Yoda. Which is pretty much what, what they actually were saying. Yeah. But she said, I can't train him. And he said, well, I was sent here to kill you. So what now? <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. He decides that he will help them, help her to uh, go through the town, to save the town, uh, try to gather the information. And that's where a Mandalorian and a Jedi are working side by side, going in, taking out all of these people, stealth-like. And um, she has her lightsaber duel with the uh, Bruce Lee. The yeah. And it's it's badass. And it and it isn't until she finally defeats her and asks her, Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? that I didn't throw my hands up with excitement. Do you know who Grand Admiral Thrawn is? No. You mother okay. Is this a, is it related you to the Clone Wars? Fucking accuser! Or can uh, not just or, the Clone Wars. So Grand like Admiral Thrawn thing. comes from the legend. He was reintroduced in Rebels. But who he essentially is, maybe the best way to describe him is a Vulcan. Okay. He's he's essentially a Vulcan that is obsessed with the cultures of other planets and other species. And he uses that to basically be a master war person, be a master tactician. He can take down any opponent because he knows everything about them, essentially. So being from the Legends, does that mean that he now he's officially canon? Well, like I said, he was officially canon being in brought Rebel. into Rebels. So he, right. he has existed. And the last part of Rebels, he goes off and, and vanishes in the unknown regions. So this is kind of the the cue in that maybe he's coming back and is going to be involved. Whether he's part of this with uh, Moff Gideon, I don't think so. I feel like he's a, he's a, he's on his own, his own separate thing. Or whether he's part of like the First Order or Snoke, or some of those beginnings. I just don't think so. I think he's his own, like, crazy, like, Joker card, you know, for all this. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm not tied to anything. I'm just going to fuck everything up. Sorry, I have acid reflux. <laughs> you should burp in into the mic. That's better. That's disgusting, man. <laughs> That's what the podcast is, man. I don't think, I mean, unless there's somebody who's, like, really into ASMR and, like, burping just totally sends chills throughout their body. That was not um, me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was you. I don't know. Might have been. But anyway, um, so they, they get finished with all of that. Uh, Soka Tano goes back to the ship where Mando is taking out Grogu, saying his goodbyes. It's really sad. And then Sokotano stops and says, you are like a father to him already. I'm not going to do this. He's like, we had a deal. She goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to this different planet. Do you know the name of it? It's Tython, right? Yeah. Tython. In there is an ancient Jedi temple. Take him to it. Put him on the rock in the middle and see if he can reach out to the force and find somebody. If you can find somebody to train him, good, all good. But it's Grogu's decision. He's going to decide whether he stays with you or he goes with someone else. And that is the end of that episode. And I'm going to let you narrate this next episode since you saw it this early. I, I did. I just saw it maybe like an hour and a half ago. Yes. Um, well, you know, <clears throat> this is a real spoiler heavy. So if you have not seen tonight's episode, fuck off. Yeah. In hold the on. Kindest if, way possible. 
just get the f out of here. <laughs> um, now, so it opens up, and like you were saying, they were kind of playing like a what do you, like force tag, not force tag. What, what do you want to call it? force catch with the little ball thing in the ship? It's like retrieve, you know. Come yeah. get this. Come take yeah. it. Yeah, and he's like, it was kind of cool because Mando is trying to train him, and he doesn't know how the force works at all. And he's like, "Does it work? I'm not mad at you. Like, reach out, do what Jedi do." <laughs> it's kind of yeah. funny. Like, it, it shows that not a lot is known about Jedi and in, in his culture. You know what I mean? Oh, this dude doesn't know shit, man. He's been in a cult yeah. his whole life. Yeah, and so, um, but anyway, so they go to the planet, and then you see the like, what, 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 what do you want to call it? How do you want to describe it? It's like the, um, what's the, that? The temple, Stonehenge. It, yeah, it's like a temple. It's like the temple, but I mean, it looks like a Stonehenge essentially, where all these mm. pillars are um, in a circle, and there's like a huge, not a huge, and there's like a kind of like a rock ball in the center. Yeah, sets and, him on top of the boulder. Yeah, and he, uh, well, actually, no. First, he can't land the the razor crest. So, and so yeah. he's like, I can't get down from there, so I might as well use the jetpack. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're gonna go outside. <laughs> and yeah. seeing, seeing Baby Yoda's ears, she's like, <laughs> as he's going. I love it so much. <laughs> but um, essentially, he just places Baby Yoda on there, and um, or Grogu on there, and he's just like, do your thing. And then he doesn't do anything, and so he turns around because there's another ship that appears out of nowhere. Boom! 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 And as as and slave I've, one, yeah, and as Mandalorian like goes to check it out, or did little... you catch it when you saw it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh man, how awesome was that? Seeing it, that ship show up again made well, me so happy. Well, yeah, but then I was like, I'm like thinking, is that like are there other ships like that? Like, is this going to be kind of like a ripoff? Of, like, yeah, nope. So anyway, essentially, he turns back around, you know, and sees that Baby Yoda is a hardcore meditating, I think is the best way to uh, describe it. <laughs> yeah, a blue sky beam basically popped up circling Yoda. Yeah. Grogu. And um, he, uh, Mando even tries to save him. Or not save him. Okay, he tries I, to grab let me refresh that. He's like, he tries on, to grab go. him. And he's, like, he's like, we have to go. There's somebody on this planet. But um, he keeps getting pushed back by mm-hmm. some unseen force. And... Then he says, you know, do your thing. I will come back for you. Um, and then he just leaves and he runs into who? Patrick, who does he run into? Oh, he runs into hey Boba. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett is right in his damn face. He's cloaked. Um, he, he he has this this old man gr- grumble to him. Yep. And, and he's like, I want my armor. And it, and uh, Mando's immediately like, you can't touch my armor. And I'll kill you all. <laughs> and, and it turns out he's got a second person that's with him. Uh, if you remember from season one, the I don't remember the lady's name. I don't remember. Either. The nice lady. Oh, can we talk about that, too? At the beginning of the episode, how he referred to Ahsoka as that nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I I that nice it. lady was very kind to you, Yoda. So you should be nice, but be cool. Um, yeah, he has run in with Boba Fett and this other lady, and um, she's pretty much trained the gun on on Baby Yoda while he's meditating from afar. And mm-hmm. then it's a kind of a standoff kind of a situation where you know they kind of have to put uh, put down their weapons and talk it out, as Boba Fett says. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question for you though uh, before we go on further. 
Do you think that force field could be penetrated? Like, do you think anything could penetrate it? Uh, I mean, he didn't. He didn't really have a lot on him at the time, you know. Like, it was pretty much just him trying to like willfully get his way through. So I don't know if maybe it's something like Black Panther's suit, where any absorption of energy gets like pushed back on that person. But maybe if he had the jetpack, he could have flown through it and picked him up or something. Well, let me ask, because like she had the gun trained on Baby Yoda, and I'm like, would that penetrate that though, or would that kind of bounce off and deflect? You know, penetrate. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, boy. So, anyways, uh, then they talk it out, sort of ish, and they come to an agreement that um, what what was the agreement? Shit, spacing it. Well, the agreement is. It's kind of not an agreement because everything is cut short when stormtroopers show yeah. up in their carriers, which look very familiar to the opening of Force Awakens with that carrier that brought down stormtroopers. Kind of a precursor to the First Order, no? How they're uh-huh. going to be using some of their transports. Uh-huh. And then from there, it's just an ugly showdown with um, Mando, these two, Boba Fett. And here's the part where every fan that has spent 30 maybe even 40 years at this point, begging for Boba Fett to be redeemed, got their wish. Because Boba Fett takes that Tusken Raider staff that he has that's like part mallet, part staff, is just stabbing, smacking, beating the crap. He gives the uh, guy from Rogue One a run for his money as far as fighting with the staff goes because he's just busting armor, like smashing head plates. You see plastic flying everywhere. Boba Fett is kicking ass. That was so satisfying seeing pieces of the helmet just fly off in the distance. And like I said, he's got this, he's got this old man strength, you know, you know what I mean? It's like like old man Logan almost. Well, have you seen those, those gorilla videos where like a bunch of dudes are, it's like Clint Eastwood, you know, he's like 60 years (laughs) old, but for some reason he could take out a gang of thugs. Yeah. That's, that's what he is. And he goes nutso on these as he's doing that he looks down to the razor crest and notices his armor goes and gets it as he's going and getting it mandalorian and the other girl are starting to get closed in on these troopers and and it it looks like it's the end this is that western kind of motif and trope that i love so much the mandalorian always brings in and boba fett smacks down and just unloads with all of his armor he uses the knee gun dude the knee gun was that even was that introduced in the movies at all? I, I think it was there. Like, I think if anybody looked through it, like, the you know how they put out the art of movies and stuff? Yeah. And if you look at, like, the actual armor, and the, it always has a descriptor of what each, each thing is, I'm so, sure it said that that was a gun. Too. So we, we never just saw it in action until... We just never saw it in action. Episode. Yeah, dude, that was cool. <laughs> but we get to see the knee gun. We get to see his arm gauntlets. We get to see him use his missile like blast one ship to crash right into another one and um oh we didn't actually mention the uh, callback to attack of the clones with when mandalorian is like who the hell are you and he's like i'm just a simple guy making his way through the through the galaxy that is what Django fett said to obi-wan kenobi in attack of the clones when he was asking about him yep and then he even admits that his dad fought in the clone wars and in the mandalorian civil war yeah in the Mandalorian Civil War, and uh, it's revealed a little bit later down the road that he is a, in himself a found. Well, the Django was a foundling, which that 
that seals the the question that a lot of the big fans have been asking of whether Boba Fett and Jango Fett can be considered Mandalorians. Now we can officially declare that, which is great. And that this is Jango Fett's armor as well. That wasn't really confirmed anywhere until now. Yep. Dude, it was so great. Um, but it, so after all of that, uh, Moff Gideon um, uh, releases these, uh, what, what, what does he call them? Death Troopers almost? They're not Death Troopers. They're, uh, they're like almost, Troopers. Oh, yeah, they're like robotic stormtroopers, essentially. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, after he blasts the Razor Crest to smithereens, that ship ain't getting repaired. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it is not getting repaired. And neither yeah. is his cool gun that disintegrates people. Kind of made me sad. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian's shitty ship that has survived a lot, surprisingly. Like, especially in episode two, when you thought that was probably the end of the ship. And they somehow fix it really sketchy on that water planet. But um, seeing that, it's blown us in the rings. I was just like, oh, my God, where is he going to go next? Right. But it sets mm-hmm. it up for the end. But we, we will get there. We will get there. Um, anyway, so he, uh, Moff Gideon re- uh, releases the the Iron Troopers that we'll call them, and they all they do they they almost remind me of Ultron from from the Avengers. Oh, totally, like the Iron Legion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That. And so uh, they're going down, and poor baby Yoda, he's done meditating, he's napping because it takes a lot for him to use the Force. Apparently, when it knocks him out, and, and the shitty thing about that is that. Um, Mando is trying and he almost gets through, gets blasted again. And he's like, look, I'm going to go and do this. Just stay there. The minute he gets down that hill, all of it comes down and Yoda falls and is vulnerable. And it's like, fuck. Yeah. Well, and they there said so up much night- tension in this episode. The suspense was crazy through the entire thing. It just kept ramping and ramping and ramping. Yeah. Well, and they set it up nicely too, because during the, their, uh, standoff, you know, with Boba Fett and Mando, uh, Boba Fett's like, drop your jetpack as well. And so he doesn't have his jetpack to like, I know. And he doesn't like have his jetpack to fly up there. And it's smart almost because it's like the writers were like, what's every way that he could save baby Yoda. Take it away. away? Yep. And -hmm. it felt very organic. It didn't, I didn't question any of that at all. So I dude, it was just crazy. Anyways, they grab baby Yoda and as they're flying off. Um, Mando barely makes it to the top and watches them. Right. And, uh, we see uh, uh, Boba Fett's in his ship chasing them down, about mm-hmm. to shoot them. And Mando says, no, I don't want to hurt the kid. Oh, dude, so cute. <laughs> and, right. And he follows, follows, uh, follows them to see where they're going. And it reveals this ship. And he says, the Empire is back. Mm-hmm. Moff Gideon. And I notice nobody even looks at Slave One from up on that ship. They're just like... Looking down from the ship, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let him fly. Let him buzz around like a little fly. Yeah. But they get they get Baby Yoda. They get Grogu. They've taken Grogu. It it broke me. Broke me so much. Fuck this shit. I just wanted to see if they would save him, and it's. Uh... And that's not happened yet, but it hasn't happened. Boba Fett comes back and they think that it's over, but Boba Fett um, says, Hey, the, the, the plan was, Oh, well, this is actually, no, after he shows in his armor, his lineage shows that he's Boba Fett shows that he came from Jango Fett. Now Mandalorian believes him. And as they're about to go their separate ways, they, they say, Hey, we made a promise to you to bring back this kid to make sure he wasn't harmed. 
So we are, we're going to hold to that. I love these honor among thieves things that they have with these characters. It's so, it's so fun. So well built. Um, they end up what? having to go back to Gina fucking Carano. <laughs> who's, who now, who now it seems is uh, part of the, um, Republic, the new Republic. Yeah. <laughs> so she's actually part of the new Republic. They got to find them some Bilber. Ragtag group of people putting the band back together. You know what I mean? They're going to fucking go for it, man. There's one more scene that happens between Gide- Moff Gideon and Baby Yoda. Moff Gideon is going into the holding cell where Baby Yoda is just, uh, I don't know, making two stormtroopers like little wee characters and just curse, 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 curse. It's, it's almost like the the scene in the Avengers where the Hulk grabs Loki and just throws him back and forth, back and forth. Mm. It, and he's very much played him. off like that, yeah. And, and starts choking him. Dude, I know! Could he you imagine an evil he Yoda? He will tap into the dark side. This Yoda has anger. They are making that clear. That's so oh. fascinating to me. So he's choking him out. And, and all Gideon does is say, huh, that's a cool trick. Remember this? And then just whips out a lightsaber and shows him the dark saber. And I don't think Grogu knows the dark saber. This was kind of like a, let's just show you a lightsaber. And he's like, you remember me fucking trying him? But he, he sends for this doctor that we know has experimented on Grogu before giving him word that they have the asset. And that's where it ends with Yoda, with Grogu shackled and on and, and, Knocked out and unconscious. So much worse. He's not asleep. You're saying asleep to make you feel better at night, but that's not what's going to happen. For the next week, I will be sleepless. Yeah, well, I got very bad anxiety in that scene because they aim the gun at him. And I'm like, you can't just fucking shoot him. And they shoot him, but it's not like with like a laser. It's with like the stunner. Yeah. But I'm like, still, you shot fucking baby Yoda. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Oh well, let's talk about the punching Yoda in the in the last <laughs> season. But we've got two episodes left now. I did not expect this episode to ramp up as quickly as it did, and I didn't expect us to get to Tython to leave Tython already and to be moving into the next shit. I thought that was going to be the finale, and they subverted that brilliantly. Yep, this um, is how I feel. I it's the Empire to- Strikes Back as well. I, I didn't tell you about this. So here's why okay. I think it's more Empire Strikes Back. This is very reminiscent of capturing um, Han Solo. But this time, Boba Fett's on the good side. How incredible is that? It's now Boba Fett rescuing an asset rather than taking in an asset. It rhymes. It's like poetry. Flipped. Um, I, yeah, thought, I also thought when, when Gideon's like, you know, it, it seems like you need a long nap. I thought they were going to do what they did to Han Solo. <laughs> they're gonna go like that throwback you know but mm. i'm glad they not do that that we know of who knows what's in store for next episode but i want to touch on uh, a couple things real quick i didn't realize like the staff that was introduced in the last episode um you you mentioned how it could deflect lightsabers now i'm thinking is there going to be like a cool battle between moff gideon and fucking yeah, i think Mando. that's exactly why he pulled that out of the rubble of his ship and said, this is the one thing that's lasted. He's he's going after him. I don't think Ahsoka Tano is going to be the one. 
I don't I don't think so either. And so that's the thing too is that he did reach out to somebody, right? I mean, he got done. It seems like he finished course. with something, or so maybe like, you... or maybe he just tried as hard as he could, and then suddenly was just too tired for it. I don't think so, because I, I I feel like if you think about this, right? Watch it be Luke Skywalker. Uh, everybody's saying it's Luke, but I don't think it will be Luke per se. It might be somebody from Luke, but I don't think it will be Luke. Kyle Ren. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> did you not notice the theme songs that were playing during uh -uh. Grogu choking people? It was Kylo Ren's theme. What? Yeah. And did you not notice the blue butterfly that was dancing around Grogu? I noticed that. Yeah, I noticed that. Blue butterflies come from um, some of the extended books and stuff about Kylo Ren and Ben Solo, who had butterflies around the him. Dude, I, I wonder where they're what setting this good, up. What if good Ben Solo shows up to bring in Grogu for Yoda for Luke to train, and then Grogu is just in another training slaughter? <laughs> Dude, like what? If, what if? What if He's Grogu? Like, Shit, not again! What what if Kylo Ren actually killed Grogu with the Knights of Ren? I know. What if that's how they're building it? Or maybe he escapes that too at the last minute. <laughs> it's um, like, can't catch me. No, but I love that. And I love too how in the last episode, it's like the last episode kind of set up everything like mm -hmm. as placeholders. And then this episode kind of executed on it to like really foreshadow what might come, you know? Yeah. And like in the last episode where, where um, Ahsoka was like, I, I can't train him. He ha he's too attached and he's afraid, which is definitely an Anakin Skywalker kind of thing from, from mm -hmm. the prequels. Right. Yeah. And seeing the anger in him with you know, that last scene, especially and seeing like how much destruction he can do as a baby, you know, he's probably not really a baby, but um, dude, I'm excited to see how this plays out. And I'm very curious to see which Jedi shows up because there has to be another Jedi, right? Yeah. Especially because when uh, Boba Fett first arrives and Mandalorian's looking through his um, helmet to see like who the fuck's there, all you see is the cloak, which is Boba Fett. But like from afar, it actually looks like a fucking Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. And it's half, dude. I'm excited. Hell yeah! <laughs> and man. Here's the thing: I and, like I've been critical of the show to an extent with like some filler episodes or whatever right but like this season has only had like maybe one or two filler episodes out of like six that we've had and i think that's pretty good um i think i think i think this this season's better than the first season so i agree what so do you far think, grogu we have you here and you're you're willing to talk to us about what's been going on T tell us uh, are you gonna be getting out of this alive <laughs> Well, that was Grogu, everybody. Thank you for joining in on the show, Grogu. Let's move back to whatever we were talking about. All right, so let's get rid of the spoilers on this. That is the... Is that the end? Are we good? That's the, that's the end of the Mando talk. We did a great recap. I'm proud of us. That was awesome. Let's take the spoiler off and back to Gaggle Geeks. We I just think, I think oh, going go forward, going forward, you're going to be the guy that knows more about the, like the legends and like the extended stuff that's not really shown in the movies so oh well, i love researching it and now it's I going know. to be shown that's the I great know, thing about mandalorian is that they're taking all of these legends ideas all of the stuff that with the sequel trilogy they just decided and eh, we're going to start fresh because we obviously have better ideas than like decades worth of star wars material that could be mined now it's being mined and i am super excited for it um let's take a quick seven second break and we will be back where we're going to be talking about 
uh, some of the news that's come out. Maybe even a review. I don't know. We have merch for you at tpublic.com slash Reviews. Whether it be a sweatshirt, a gaggle geek shirt, whatever you want, check them out, and we will see you at the next review. Oh, hey there. Do you want to subscribe to uh, patrickbatyreviews.com, she? We've got a lot of reviews, she. We got Mank. You ever heard of Mank? It's in black and white. Stars Gary Oldman, she. Talking about Citizen Kane. Herman J. Mankiewicz it is. That's where we're going to be talking about. Make sure to subscribe to that. Okay. We're out. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was uh, very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Those were our ads. Let's get out of there. All right. So, you have some news. We got to talk about some news. Where do you want to start? Can we do... Uh, I don't know. Should we do like the big news that dropped yesterday, or should we kind of build up to the big news? Mm. Well, hold on. Caleb has one comment. He never had that suspense of it maybe being a Jedi because he recognized that ship instantly. Uh, definitely. I don't think I ever thought that Boba Fett's ship coming in was going to be from a Jedi. Like, Slave 1 is such an iconic ship, right up there with the Millennium Falcon. I don't know if you agree with that. Yes, but like, it's like that mindset of like, okay, like, is this, like, a red herring almost, you know? Like, is it supposed to be misleading, I, but yeah. it's not. I'd and like to just... know how he got the ship if he didn't have the armor. Wait, <laughs> what, do, what do you mean? Well, like, I don't know. I felt like he was hiding him on the Tuscan Raiders when we saw him. So how did he go and get a ship back? Did we ever see a ship destroyed? No, but you would assume that he was digesting for a while in the Sarlacc pit and then coming out of it. Jawas junk everything. Like the minute that the Razor Crest was alone for a moment, they were starting to junk it. So I'd imagine that something would happen with that. It's it's a uh, whatever. We don't have to do. We don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, tell me the news. What what was it? Are we, we going to go big or are we going to start small first and then go big? That's me. Uh, I don't know. Surprise me. Surprise you? Fucking uh, surprise me. It, Today's news, speaking of Star Wars, because this might be a little bit Star Wars related, um, Oscar Isaac has been cast in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, shit. We're doing... You're starting me with video game shit? Well, oh, I mean, God. Where's Nate? We need I don't Nathan. Think oh, I don't think that's major. Button mashing. <laughs> follow that. Subscribe. Watch. They're really great. Um, hold on. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is doing all of the roles right now. Yeah, he's Moon Knight. Now he's Metal Gear Solid, being Snake. If how much do we want to talk about this? Because I don't, I don't know a lot. I'm just saying, I, it was just news, Star Wars cool. related. I'm like, let's start small. But you know well, what? Hey, that good, good, good. Yeah, or or no, uh-uh, no, bad. I don't know which is is the right or, answer. Or or we can also say that Kenobi is moving forward with filming. Hmm. You know, Daniel know. Daniel says go big. Fuck it, let's go so big. I don't know. Um, Maybe we should go big. Okay, uh, HBO, HBO Max specifically, it just had the balls to drop some huge news, and mm -hmm. that's called uh, they're they're trying a new platform in the COVID era where they're going to be releasing their movies, like their theatrical movies, such as like Wonder Woman, Dune. Um, what else is there? The Suicide Squad, The Matrix 4. Matrix 4, Suicide Squad, yeah. Like all these movies are going to be in dropping. The Heights. 
yeah, they're going to be dropping the same day that they drop in theaters. And I know. But the, the catch is that it's only going to be streaming on their platform for one month before they're going to take it off. But it will still be in theaters after that. And more more so with that, they also are no longer doing a free trial for HBO Max. So this what? is this is a new thing where we're, we are actually going into the next evolution, I believe, of what movie watching is new releases things that have been explored we we did our funny bit with amc and uh, trolls 2 world tour i wish we had that video so we could just throw that up because it's it's still timely i could just do a whole other one because amc just put out a release saying that they they want to financially fight this or some shit but um this is this is coming to to your home like this is home theater experiences people i've been looking for tvs now if I'm being honest, I'm like, what's a huge size TV that I can have? Because <laughs> I want to have the theatrical experience if we're going to have to do this from home. And I hope that others are say saying that as well. There are pros and there are cons to this. I, I think that there's a lot of valid points on both sides. For me as a consumer, though, as a consumer, I'm excited. I'm excited as well. Um I, I see a lot of people, especially on Twitter, because Twitter is just god awful. Film Twitter, especially, is god awful with this kind of news. And what's interesting is, um, I was actually on Twitter before the news dropped, and all these insiders I follow were like, "Uh oh, T minus two minutes." Like it was like a timeline of like a countdown. I'm like, mm. "What are you guys talking about?" Right? And the the consensus was that Film Twitter is going to be very split. Yeah. And not expecting this, you're like, "Okay." how is that going to be split? Like there's no way it could be more split than it already is. And then the news dropped and it just clicks. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who want the theatrical experience. Right. And I don't I do. blame that. I, do. I don't think anybody doesn't want. I cried experience. When I, I told you, I cried during the trailers during tenant because it felt so great being in that atmosphere again. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then other people are like, you know, you can still go to the theater. It's not killing the theater. They're still getting money. And that's where I'm also at. I'm like, if, if I, if, if the theater is a viable option, definitely go that route. But if it's not a viable option, why not go a different route? You know, totally. Well, Daniel, Daniel thinks that this is the, the death of theaters in, in a big way, except for maybe one blockbuster somewhere. We've done a funny blockbuster segment too. You should check that out, Daniel. HBO Max is to theaters, Netflix was to blockbuster. But Caleb is super hyped for this because Warner Media has opened Pandora's box and it cannot be closed. No way this is a one-year thing. People would leave HBO Max in droves if they had to go back to the old model. Yeah, well, and like th this is this is a model that's going it's going to be trial by error essentially. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is new territory. Absolutely. And I think that the like AMC's pissed off because you know they they're how always you, pissed off. But, but how do you counteract that, like as a theater, you know? And so basically, either I think it's the theater's turn to come up with a, a way to adapt to this because Netflix has already been releasing movies in theaters, anyways, for the Oscars specifically, right? That's like mm -hmm. the Oscar rules is that you have to have a theatrical run for so long before it can be considered for the Oscars. And people still go see, uh, like the Irishman, for example. People want the theater to go see that. You could have easily of sat course. on your couch to watch it. So, I because for that reason alone, I don't think this is the death to theaters. I just think, but that wasn't a pandemic. No, but I, I don't. I think theaters are, are just going to have to find a way to adapt to this, especially because HBO said, due to how 
to, due to the uncertainty of COVID-19. Due okay. to how we don't know how next year is going to be, this is our model that we're going to try. And it's, so it's not a definitive thing. It's going to change as the years go on, right? And mm -hmm. so I think the theaters have to learn to adapt to that because so far they're only survived. Like, for example, Salt Lake Film Society, um, like the Broadway and the Tower, they've mm -hmm. offered online films, viewings. That you could watch films online if you if you purchase a ticket, right? Yeah. So in a way, that's adapting to it. And, but you don't see AMC offering that. You don't see um, Cinemark offering that, you know? No, that's true. Uh, but here's the thing that we were, we're not really going to know for a very long time what the right. behind-the-scenes deals are between these theaters and the studios. What's been disappointing to me personally is seeing kind of the lack of... I guess we're we're all in this together type of feeling when it comes to studios treating the theaters as equal partners and trying to bring them in so that they can try to salvage them. I don't really see that a lot. Like I yeah. see them making concessions and, and doing some things that could benefit. But at the end of the day, like uh, just this week, I was at um, like Megaplex Theater, and honestly, like I I almost believe them in the sense that. Once they get that place sanitized and cleaned up after every screening, it's it's safer to be in than your house. You know, like it's cleaned up a lot more than I clean my house personally. Then again, yeah. I don't have a ton of people coming in. But at the same time, they're cleaning and taking care of stuff. To me, it feels safer to do that now than than it did even when we were going to it before the pandemic. Like you have to admit that it's much cleaner than even when it was back in the day. From my one experience, yeah, I can say that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I think that they are adapting to it, but I don't know how how they're going to be able to stand up to the idea of being able to be at home doing it. The only thing that I could see maybe being a benefit is that the people that go to the, the theaters just to tune out and to have their kids on an iPad or don't really care about the experience and are kicking other seats and talking during the film, those people no longer exist in a theater. Right. They, they will disappear. Which right. might make it better for us. Maybe, yeah. I just, I don't, I, I feel like theaters have to do more than sit back and be like, well, come to us, you know, watch. Like, I think there's other options available. Um, what those options are, I don't know, because it, it's not even just COVID 19 necessarily. That's, that's, I mean, it is definitely COVID 19 that's holding them back, but. I feel like they've had a it's whole not like year. It's a pandemic that's causing this. Yeah, yeah, no, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like for them, all they've done is like to be fair, they they've done their best at cleaning, like you said. Um, but that's like at most all they've tried. It doesn't seem like they've looked in other ways to bring the theatrical experience, you know. Yeah. Whereas platforms now like HBO Max, like HBO had so many films lined up that they had, they had to push back, right? Yeah, is either I think this was their way of saying number one. Uh, we're going to release all these films because we need to make money. And I think we don't know how they make money off of streaming. I, I, I wish companies were more transparent, how they determined what's a success and what's not a success. Um, because mm -hmm. with theaters, it's all about the box office, right? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like theaters get a part of like the concession stand money. And then the, the studios get whatever else, you know what I mean? Like it's pretty straightforward yeah. from there, but uh, streaming platforms aren't that transparent. So, I feel like if there's more not at all, and that's going to be even tougher for box office people to predict what's a successful film or not. Yeah, I, I feel like if there's more transparency, it would be easier to see a clear picture of like how this might play out. There's mm -hmm. just no transparency for that. But number two, um, the the thing with uh, HBO doing this, they're not they didn't do this um, 
they, I don't think they did this as a way of like, oh, hey, we're going to lose money because uh, Disney Plus tried this with Mulan, for example. But they put the block Ooh, on it. I don't they, know. They, they ruined it, though, because they, they gave they put a price cap on it, said you had yep. to pay $30 for it. When with HBO Max, they're just releasing them once you have a subscription. Yep. And so I think that better. will get. I think that will get them more money, number one. Mm-hmm. And it's a way to get people through a platform, number two. Plus, um, with Roku, they're still working on a deal with Roku. And I think this just puts the ball in Roku's court being like, hey, look how much money we might have available now. So yeah. it's all about business. And I think, really, I think it is smart. Now it's up to other, not only HBO doing it, but what about other streaming platforms? What's their response to this? Because now they have to be competitive, right? Well, I think they've already kind of been competitive because Netflix has so much that are that is up for Oscar contenders this year. They've been busting out so many good films. Marini's Black Bottom, Mank that just came out this week. Like they have all, and in even the smaller scale films like, uh, oh, what was the, uh, the Holiday holiday movie um there's a lot of oh the prom that just came out this week are you gonna watch the prom i'll watch the prom it's a fun little musical i actually had a really good time with that um but in amazon prime even hulu they're all buying films and premiering them they they've already started hbo max really when you're looking at it had the pickle movie and they were really gunning for snyder cut but that's not going to be coming out till allegedly maybe march or july they got I, stuff to do I, I th- exactly and i think pushing it pushing back i wonder if pushing films back further it costs more money on the line mm-hmm. and like puts a standstill on like production like current production that's you know in the in the process of being made because how can you fund those movies if you're not making money from these films that have yet to be released right that is a good question caleb said that he stopped going to theaters after far from home but all of his complaints have gone away now since they actually clean the theater they deal with unruly customers and they let you bring your own food they'll you bring your own food what i'd like to know where you're getting because i know makeplex kind of did that but i would feel horrible to do that now like (laughs) inside i'd be like you're making no money we need to give you some money Daniel, with Trolls World Tour releasing during the pandemic and Universal Studios deciding to almost go first to have it on VOD, it showed that video on demand can still be profitable for studios cutting out the middleman theater chains. And it's it's a good point. It's kind of it's kind of indicative of I, I don't want to say that it's as managed as movie pass. You know, it's not the same management, but this is a big change up to the industry, much like what movie pass was. But rather than being a startup company, these are major studios and major streaming services that are starting it. So now here's the question then. Do you think it would be a viable option for like Netflix or Amazon or HBO? Um, like, you know, it's owned by Warner Media. Do you think it's possible for them to cut deals with theaters exclusively like AMC being like you could stream our movies? I think they're going to build their own theaters. I think you're going to have a Netflix theater. You're going to have an HBO Max theater. You're going to have a Hulu theater. Oh, man, dude. That's That's competition right there. That's crazy to think about. But So do you think it's possible that they will buy out these chains that we have now, like AMC and Regal and all that? Well, they already are. Uh, Netflix actually already is purchasing theaters. I believe they... Where did they go? Let's see. Netflix... This is big news. So, oh, it's enough to Google. Yeah, Let's see, they finalized a deal to buy the historic Egyptian theater. Whoa! <laughs> so they're, they're not fucking around. Whoa! I, I, it, it's in this term, like in this, 
in that viewpoint, then like I really wish they were very much more transparent with how they consider something a success and like how much money they actually made. If you're that transparent on it, like I think that would help people understand exactly how the business model works. Because right now, I don't think theaters know how it works. That's probably why they feel like, what the fuck? This is the death of theater. I don't think it's the death of theaters. I think they're always going to be around, especially for like art house independent films. Like I think yeah. theaters will be the go to for that. Um, I, 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 shit, man. I just maybe if there was more transparency behind it, I think it would be better understood. But mm-hmm. well, it, it's it's fascinating times to live in it's also treacherous times say stay safe wear a mask all of that shit but it's also fascinating like you can't you can't say that things aren't happening in in monumental ways well i mean if you, and if you look at it from like a cinematic uh like film history viewpoint right mm-hmm. the 1920s for film was huge because that's when sound was very much introduced to movies yeah um, so this is just another evolution to the cinematic experience because it's still a very much young art form compared to like what's been out there for um, centuries, to say the least. Agreed. We'll have many more thoughts about this to come. I, I'm sure the more we hear about how they're planning on doing this and the in-betweens, we're, I'm sure we're going to get reports of that. We're going to talk about it and adjust our, our thoughts accordingly. But right now, I mean, that's that is the big news for this Dude. episode. Just imagine, you know, playing Dune on surround sound and up loud and just crying, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta you gotta be able to have a big TV and stuff like that. I'm looking into it. Well, and I, I you're, you're gonna be gone, buddy. Well, I saw on fifty incher. I saw on Twitter. Um, oh hey, I actually just upgraded from my fifty incher to a bigger TV. I don't know if I told you Ooh, that. What size? Fifty five. <laughs> <laughs> fifty five. What kind is it? But it's a Samsung. You know, I'd like to ask the audience because now that there's we have some people here today. Thank you for everybody that's been commenting and liking. This has been super fun to have you guys here. I'd like to know, though, what is the ultimate 4K TV to have for oh, watching 4K content? I've heard OLED OLED TVs. The LG OLED TV is the one I've been looking at. However, I can be swayed. Um, so What's your budget? That should be the question because there's a huge it doesn't difference. doesn't matter. OK, so OLEDs, in my opinion, are probably the way to go because... Um, Dude, they're sexy, but they're they like six hundred dollars more compared to like a Samsung. And Samsung's response to this is the Q LEDs. So the yeah. OLEDs, the technology's been sold to other companies to use, but Samsung refuses to utilize it. And so, well, the difference between the OLED and the and the Q LED is OLEDs actually get they stop running pixels on certain yep. parts of the screen, and that's what gives it that true black color, yep. which is what I'm interested in because that's what 4K is supposed to do really well. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, if you want, if you could justify the price, go for it. But uh, a lot of people are talking about the Sony 900H, something like that. Yeah. But I feel like that works better for like pairing with your PlayStation 5 or something like that. Oh, here we go. Sony's 98-inch 8K TV. Okay. Well, Daniel, I, I know I said <laughs> price wasn't wasn't a, an issue, but my God, how do you get a job? I don't think that's face. exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> Dude, just take out a loan. No biggie. Just for a TV. <laughs> just take out a loan. You know, it's like it's like three Teslas. Shut up. Dude, Be okay eight, with it. Eight K too. Like I, I don't even think I can't. My eyes 8K. aren't good enough. I need yeah. to pay for LASIK first before I can pay for an eight K TV. And I want to make sure that that surgeon does good. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that it's eight K. But there's one more story that I wanted to cover just because I wanted to congratulate Elliot Page 
for yeah. for the coming out for Netflix for for changing all of the credits already for the Umbrella Academy for really Hollywood really accepting Elliot because I I think he's a tremendous actor I think he deserves this I think in in the end we we all have been we all are looking for acceptance and for Elliot to get this kind of response I've not seen a lot of negativity on this and I really love that from the community the film community. I do too. I think it's great. Um, I did you read her uh, or his thing that he he shared? Oh yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, I I, I am so excited to see where he's going. And now X Men uh, retroactively has a first open transgender character that is a lead. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think it's great, and I love that it's X Men because X Men is all about like intolerance and acceptance and and all of that and not hiding who you are like i i wonder how much um elliot had like those feelings when they were making those films you know yeah like, it, it's crazy to think of somebody hiding something so important to them for so long and something that's intrinsically who they are and then uh, like the the coming out is incredible but all of that that time that that you could say is wasted because of society around them not really accepting it when really in the end of the day like what what is the big deal there's no issue with this none at all but it's it's amazing congratulations elliot uh, was there any other news that we have for today um no i, I, <laughs> I well we'll go there. all right oh, actually what Curb has been renewed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it probably will be. I am so excited to see how Larry David takes on the, the pandemic. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's going to be him loving it. I think he's going to love the pandemic or something like that. Like all those who ref refuse to wear masks, just know that you're going to be very much made fun of in the best way possible. And I don't think anybody will be able to top that. So very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw that you just put out an over and under artist exposed. Do you want to tell the people about it? Yeah, yeah, it's with um, Cody. Uh, sorry, I totally spaced his last name. Newton, Cody Newton. Um, he's an Idaho filmmaker, and he actually won an award at the Utah Film Awards. Uh, it was actually the same award that I won, or that our film won, I should say, um, mm. two years ago. The under five hundred dollar budget. So we talk about that, and he just talks about making movies man it's a it's a fun episode and he actually introduced me to a cool um what do you want to call it like a writing technique for outlining essentially called the oh, story nice. yeah and I've, I've actually been trying to utilize that for the past couple of days and it's interesting i will say that so, nice well yeah. find out more about that technique watching over and under artists exposed he's a with cody hey, Jordan, yep. he you're kicking ass with it you're putting out a lot of content and i'm excited to see where that thing goes of course you can check us out our reviews on patrickbadyreviews.com we put out mank the prom ammonite is out uh you can all always watch friday films on good things utah where i'm going to be on there pretty much every friday talking about movies this last tuesday was an exception because we were going to the megaplex theater and doing that but we talked about the christmas chronicles 2 which you have a review out that people can check out we yep. talked about ammonite with sir i'm gonna get this wrong every damn time sir seronin <laughs> Woo! I got it. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. And um, Mank, 
Mank, which is a great film. And I think for some bonus content, maybe we'll do a review of Mank and put that up um, and, and start utilizing a Patreon for this because that's definitely something we should start looking into. Yeah, I do. I love Mank. I'm actually, I might rewatch that tonight. Um, Very cool. I, I've been reflecting on it a lot. I think I think people should check it out, especially if you're a cinephile and a fan of like Orson oh, yeah. Welles. Well, and here's Citizen my one Kane. thing. Watch Citizen Kane first. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is a tie-in piece. It's, it's like watching The Disaster Artist and not watching The Room. It makes no yeah, sense. Exactly. Don't do that. Especially if you know like the, the film history of that mm-hmm. time period, especially like there's so many faces of people that like you should know who were big leagues in this. Like, yeah. for example, I didn't know Mank was a script doctor for Wizard of Oz. Did oh. you know that? I did not. Well, I think I think I read it on Wikipedia, which made me laugh because of the callback to it in the movie. There's a couple parts that yeah. he's like, that fucking movie just hates it. <laughs> like, I love that so much. Um, make sure to check those reviews out. And, you know, what? we're going to go ahead and close out the way that we started with Kat Nelson doing, doing that awesome intro for us. I really liked it. And we're going to we're going to really utilize it. You know what? It's Christmas. It's the Christmas season. So let's let's do it, man. All right. Well, With that said, we will see you at the next review. Merry Christmas. You're watching the Gaggle of Geeks show, Santa's favorite show. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Please be advised, Gaggle of Geeks contains strong opinions that may contain language unsuitable for young children. Now here are your hosts.